um, I don't have, you guys hear me pretty good, huh? Yeah, because I don't have the luxuries that Josh provides and stuff. See, <laughs> so I don't have the, the clip on or anything. Yeah, so, yeah, but I'm loud because I'm still, you know, I come from where I come from. So, you know, make no mistake. Yeah, I can yell out there. Bless the Lord. I hear some smart mouths. Yeah, they're they talking about me. Thank you. Thank you. Just be yourself. That's an insult, too. <laughs> you know, she, she, she know myself. <laughs> no, no. No, I'm just kidding. So um, I might have mentioned this story before. Uh, the name of my sermon is called Assigned Seating. And um, last night I was actually, usually I get two, three hours sleep. I got no sleep. And um, things were back to back and all of a sudden. So, you know, bear with me. And then uh, pray for me that uh, we'll get something um, beneficial out of this. But it's called assigned seating. And um, there was a story, it's a true story of a lady that actually uh, was a singer. And she, she might still be alive, so she might still be a singer. And uh, she performed at a wedding. And um, she was invited to perform at the wedding. And she came and she did her, did her thing. She, she really sang and everybody enjoyed her. You know, it was a blessing and all of that at the wedding. And then um, they were in a fancy hotel with fancy stuff, you know, <laughs> stuff I'm not accustomed to, just fancy, right? And then, um, you know, ice sculptures and big fisted shrimp is what I recall the author saying, you know, and um, it was time to go upstairs for the reception. So uh, I guess they rang a bell, some of the butlers and servants, because they, they were living like that, right? It's time to go come to the reception, right? And so the people started uh, uh, caravanning up the staircase to the top of the building where this reception was being held. And uh, the singer, her name was Ruthanna Metger, I think. Uh, Metzger, I'm, I'm not sure. But her and her husband climbed the stairs with everybody else to the reception area. And when we, they got up there, there was a maitre d' up there, and he was taking names. He was checking your name. And um, he asked her her name. And she said, I'm Ruthanna Metger, and this is my husband, Bill Bob. I don't know his name. And he said, I'm sorry, your, your name's not on the list, right? And so she said, oh, there must be some mistake. I was invited to this wedding to sing. I sang. He said, it doesn't matter what you've done. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you've done in life. If your name's not on this list, basically you can't come in. Immediately, he, he told the butler, show them to the service elevator. You know, not to the regular elevator, you, you know, but the service, <laughs> the service elevator. So there's only one, they're on the top floor, so there's only one way down. One way, down. I'm tired, so bear with me. So uh, they, they got on the elevator and went down. So there's a point in there that I can see everybody got. It doesn't matter what we've done in this life. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is what we've done for Christ. And by first accepting him as Lord and Savior and then honoring him with our lives. So I can go out and feed the homeless and do all kind of philanthropic stuff and be a benefit to everybody all around. And still not, I'll still be asked to get on the service elevator, which only goes down, 
from, from, from here. It just goes down, right? If you get on the top floor, you're going down, okay? So um, I, I thought that was a good point because if you, if you said, um, um, who's here? Um, I'm happy to see you guys, but Leroy and his bride, if they decided to have a, um, you know how people have another wedding um, after 10, 15, 15 years or whatever? And so that's a hint, Leroy, you should go ahead and do it again. And then, uh, and, and they have another wedding, and then they invite people to the wedding, or even if it's the first wedding, you invite people to the wedding, and then uh, you assign seating, right? And that's why I named this assigned seating, because you know you want Cynthia in one seat, and you want Mother Johnson in another seat, but here comes Barbara Moo. She comes and sits in Mother Johnson's seat up in the front, as if she's the guest of honor. And so there's a scripture that pertains to that. Don't go sitting up in the front and then be asked to move back, right? <laughs> you could get thrown out. You, you know, you, you could because, what, what, that's an insult to the, the person. It's an insult to the host, right? So what we don't want to do is then um, pat ourselves on the back and consider ourselves more highly than we ought to, okay? Because God will appoint to each of us our seating our position in the kingdom based on what we've done for him here. And the thing is, is that, and I haven't even shared a scripture yet, but the thing is, is that, you know what? A lot of us think we've done a lot of stuff, but I'll tell you, I'm 62, and I'm just now doing something with two measly years, right? Right? I haven't done half of nothing, right? <laughs> if you look back, I was fumbling my way when I decided to start doing something, right? It counts. But it doesn't count that I didn't give my entire life to God, right? Now, who does that? Jesus. He gave his entire life from start to finish, right? So he's our model, and we can live in him. We can collect this grace from God through Jesus Christ, right? Bless God. Okay, so enough of my ranting. Everybody's guilty now. Y'all all feel guilty? All right, so we all guilty. All right. Trying to sit up in a seat that don't belong to us. All right. So Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. Now, now think about that. You, you done done, you've done some stuff, but you didn't do it in his name, and this is what he thinks about your stuff. Your stuff is lawless. You, you know, it's not just a waste of time. It's against the law. All right, lawless work. Don't come up in here, you lawbreaker. You broke the law, right? And you're trying to get me to validate you? I see all. I know all. Right? I'm Jesus. Right? So you broke the law, you lawbreaker, and then you come in here trying to get some credit for broken laws, breaking my rules. Okay? You do this thing one way, by me only, will you enter into the kingdom. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Right? Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So by now we understand that we can do nothing outside of except the grace of God to gain entry into the kingdom of God. Okay, so um, I got some bullet points. Prophesying in the name of Jesus, 
casting out demons and other mighty works. Okay. Um, considering the risks and the hard tasks of the prophets of old, because they had hard tasks, you see all these prophets today, they're always running around declaring and decreeing, and, you know, they're all over the place, you know, raising people up out of their wheelchair and all this Benny Hinn stuff, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff is going on today. But the prophets in the Old Testament, they would be reluctant until they were reassured and reassured and reassured by God, right? I'll take care of you. Go prophesy. Now, you going up to people that don't have a problem cutting people's heads off in a minute. And you coming to tell them, <laughs> you know, you're, God is going to destroy you. You know, and God means what to these people? You get it? It's like, why, why would I want this job of prophecy or prophesying? Why would I want this? Right? But today, we have prophets that don't see these risks. They're prophesying against us. We're, we don't have faith. We can't, we can't lift people up out of their sickness. You and I don't know how to lay hands on people. You're lacking faith. Right? They're prophesying against us. And then they prophesy to the other charlatans all the pleasures and delights in the world. Right? It's all about all the good things you're going to get. You're doing such a wonderful job. They ain't doing nothing. They lying. They lying to the people and then esteeming each other. Right? It's a, it's a constant, ongoing estimation of themselves that's higher than it ought to be while we're being belittled because we're really out in the ranks trying to serve, serve God as slaves to Christ. Okay? That's a big order. So the Lord shall be the highest. Keep serving. Don't worry about me crediting you or esteeming you or we put you on TV and you on the Fruit Loops box. Don't worry about it. God to each man, God is going to give what each one of us deserves. Okay? Serve the Lord. We're breathing. We have time to serve the Lord. We were breathing for a long time and we weren't serving him. Thank God we're breathing right now. We can serve the Lord. Bless God. Bless the Lord. So um, let's move on down here for more criticism of you all. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> no, no, no. So Matthew 12, Matthew 12, 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is this not the son of David? You know, they're trying to make him a homie. You know, back in, you know, a prophet's not worthy in his own neighborhood or his own home. So, like, if I knew you, I know where you grew up and everything, so you can't start talking to me all of this blessed stuff because I know you. You get what I'm saying? And so it's, it's, it's like the people were rejecting him because isn't this Jesus of Nazareth? You know what I mean? Mary's son. Don't we know his brothers and sisters? You know, they, they tried to degrade Jesus and make him even less than they are. Because it wasn't a delightful situation that he grew up in. Bethlehem was considered in many parts a ghetto. A ghetto. Okay? It's the truth. Okay? So it was a not splendoring gold ghetto. Okay? And now this guy's walking around and they're calling him Savior and Lord and all of this kind of sort of stuff. And he's got a following. And he's going up against these Pharisees and everything, right? And so the people are, are, are when, they're, when they're trying to explain him, they're casting doubt on who he is. Isn't this a Jesus, the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, 
They said, the fellow doth not cast out demons, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts because Jesus is a mind reader. I say that all the time. You know, we don't read each other's minds, but he reads our minds. What you're thinking right now, Janetta, he's reading that, right? Each one of us at the same time, okay? I can explain that in another sermon, and I think I will. Remind me, Barbara. Okay, so, all right, so what's going on is they're saying the way you cast out this demon is because you're the prince of demons. What an insult. You, you get it? It's like, no, you can't be doing anything we can't do. We can't, we can't cast out. Look, this demon-possessed boy has been in our midst for forever. We haven't been able to cast him out. But since you were able to do it, it's because you were a demon. You know, what an insult, right? Bless the Lord. So um, considering this verse, I believe Satan would put on a show. Here's the deal. Jesus goes on to tell them Satan ain't going to cast out Satan. A house divided won't stand, right? A house, if you know the neighbors and, and Pearl and, and, and David are fighting daily and night, you're expecting a divorce soon. That house is not going to stand, right? The kids are fighting each other and fighting the parents and everything. Pretty soon, something's going down, all right? It's not going to stand forever. And Jesus tries to make this point that a, a kingdom divided is not going to stand. It's not going to last, right? But when you see an act being played out, one that is demon casting and fake demonstrations, you know, Jesus is right. Satan is not casting himself out. Now, consider if, ask Doretha, come on, let's put on a show for these people at TLC, something wrong with them, we can get their money. And then I tell Doretha, come on now, you lay down and, 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 and hold your thigh, you know, and then I'm going to come over and I'm going to lay hands on you and lift you up. And they're going to bring their money to us and I'm going to give you a little. And you go home, because I'm not fair. Anybody that can think up a scheme like that is not fair. So I'm not fair. So, you know, I give her a little bit, and then we move on about our business, right? Okay. I go over there. I cast the demon out. Okay. I walk away. I get paid. I slip her hers. We go home, right? A demon used her and me. Okay? It's not about a demon having been cast out, Right? There was no casting out. The demon is at work. There's one in me and one in her, okay? And we put on a show, and now we're getting paid because some of you don't realize there's a demonic part of you that is urging and edging you on to believe, give your money, you're going to be rich. Give your money, they're going to heal you. It's a deception in a lot of ways. I'm going to go to the point we can lay hands and heal people. I'm getting there. But we have to be use discernment. We have to be um, cunning. We have to come to the truth that there are wolves among sheep. They really exist. Okay? So, um, the miraculous acts of healing and driving out demons when staged are primarily centered on monetary gain. I guess if you rehearse a good enough show, you should get some kind of compensation. You know, you put together a show, and you're going around, and you got all your friends getting up, and they can see again, and they walking and running and jumping and all of this. You should get some kind of compensation for, for all your act, right? You should get something. You know, I don't know how much or, or whatever, but something. You should get something out of that. Um, people get paid here for lying and deceiving. This isn't new. We were liars and deceivers. We walked away with something for what we were doing. 
okay? But ill-gotten gain is like putting money into a pocket with a hole in it. We couldn't understand why we were getting poorer while we were filling our pockets up. You know, we couldn't understand that. It's not making sense. I should be going, I should be up here in my mansion by now. No, because you're cheating somebody, so you got bad health, and that costs a lot. The hospital's going to get your money, right? So, so it, it doesn't work out like that. Does it work out like that? It doesn't. All right. So, so, so all right, so consider this. <clears throat> the problem is a show is not good enough to get you into heaven. Our show, our showmanship, our cast of friends, all our allegiances, all of this is like filthy rags. First and foremost, not going to get you where you're going. So you must really, let's consider this, you must have a doubt about this heaven. You know, it must not be clear to you that this place will be on earth. Heaven will be on earth, and the earth will be renewed, a beautiful place without sin, without degradation, without crime, without any of the impurities, no diseases. We won't be wearing masks, okay? And this will be going on forever and ever and ever, an endless place that we would want to inherit, right? We can't get in there by cheating and conniving and scheming, right? And we don't even get a good quality life here by cheating and conniving and scheming, right? Because you can make that money. For some reason, you may have sold up your pocket and you're building up a nest egg and you're worried about that nest egg every day. There's just, it's going to be other problems that are going to consume you because you're not living for the Lord. They're coming on all ends, trouble here, trouble there, north, south, east, and west. Everywhere you turn your head, there's going to be trouble because you're living against the Lord and especially trying to live in his name. Okay, we don't want to start misusing the name of Christ. Running out, calling ourselves, doing deliverance, healings, and all this kinds of sorts of stuff in his name, right? Knowing that inside, refusing to take a look or let him show us our hearts, refusing. Look, we should know by now what we're capable of. Sometimes when you look back and think about stuff you've done, and then you ask yourself, I can't believe I did that. That seemed like something Linda would have done, not Sheila. Right? You know, we, we automatically put all that wickedness on someone else. At least I ain't that bad. You, you know, no, but we're in total states of depravity. We get worse as we go. The thing that stops us is Christ. We turn our allegiance over to Christ, turn our hearts over to Christ, right? So he can start looking and pointing out, no, you know what? If you go over there, you know what's going to happen. Well, but I'm going for a good reason. You can reason your way out and go over there. And then you just return to your vomit and enjoy the vomit, right? That vomit, oh, I missed that vomit. Right? Okay, so what the Lord wants to do is, look, see yourselves. You can actually see. If you're looking at yourself right now, you more than likely wouldn't be seeing yourself if you were looking at yourself through the lens that Christ views us. You wouldn't see yourself at the head of the table. Right? It, it just wouldn't happen. You wouldn't say, oh, I'm going to be honored. It's not, it's not going down like that. You're lying to yourself. You see yourself as more than likely 
I wonder where he's going to place me because I have not been true blue, right? Yet he's actually, he's actually, right? He, because of his grace and mercy, there's a place for me at the table, right? Bless the Lord, I get to sit at the table, okay? All right, look, in his kingdom, these tables will be long and wide. And I know, I, look, some of us think, oh, I'll probably be up in the middle somewhere. Don't give yourself too much credit. Just be happy you at the table, okay? Be happy we're at the table. Bless God. Listen, this table, if wherever you're at at the table, you'll be elated, okay? There will be no end to your joy, all right? But you might beat yourself up for a minute thinking what you could have done to be sitting up there with Paul and Noah and Abraham and, and David. And, you know, and, you, know you might, you might, <laughs> don't be jealous, don't be jealous. But you might, all right? Okay, <laughs> right? All right, look, there's going to be some celebrated people there. You know that. When you read their story, you say to yourself, I don't know that I could do what this person did. All them Israelites chasing me. I ran through the Red Sea. I, that's why it parted, because they were after me. You, you get it? So it's, it's really, we can't put our feet in these shoes before us. There's, there's no way. What we want to do is we want to humble ourselves and then ask the Lord to continually, see, continuously examine our hearts and check and see if there's any wicked way in me. You know, continue to examine my heart. Because it goes where it wants to go when it wants to go there. I need a harness. Harness me in. Because as much as today that I say, I can't believe I did that, I could do worse tomorrow. This is our nature. We're sheep. Okay, don't look. Come on, let's get this. We're sheep. Decorated. Look at y'all in sheep clothes all decorated. This <laughs> Decorated. So, so, um, so, 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 yeah, so what's happening here? Okay, if we rehearse a good enough show, I said this, it should be some compensation, but it's not good enough. And the problem is the show is not good enough to get us into heaven, attributing the script of our show to Jesus, like this is what Jesus would have me do. This is what we're seeing all the time now. It's a great wickedness that's prevailing right now when you turn on the most uh, popular ministries and you see the lies, right? And, and, you, and, and the request and the recruiting and the lies and the easy way. They don't want to talk about hell. You know, no, no, we're not going to talk about hell. That's negative. Let's talk about positive things. Here's something positive, a lie that you'll be in heaven if you follow me. You know, <laughs> that's positive. Think positive, right? Okay, don't follow these guys, okay? Really, you can give to the Lord, and if you've been following them and you've been thinking you were giving to the Lord, that'll be credited to you until you wake up, okay? When you wake up, you'll start diverting your money to ministries that are really serving the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless God. So, um, we wouldn't inherit the kingdom running and dancing and, and, and putting on a show with the rest of these guys, um, that's not the way in. Healing miracles in a time that medical practice had not really accelerated to the degree that we know it today, 
I mean, consider today we have all kinds of medical phenomenon, right? That, you know, they can fix you. So, you know, it's not necessary that um, I got to come lay hands on you to get you up. Now, look, this is what we do. We lay hands on the sick. I'm, this is what I'm trying to say. This is what we do. But if, if Barbara doesn't get up while we're laying hands on her, don't think to yourself, see, this don't work. And don't think to yourself, oh, like this Charlotte didn't say, I don't have enough faith, right? And don't think to yourself, she don't have enough faith, right? You, you don't think that. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Okay, this is what he told me to do, and if he decides to raise her up, that's his decision, right? But these guys are running around, and they're, they're laying hands on fake people, faking it, right, to put on a demonstration. And then if they lay hands on somebody, accidentally go lay hands on somebody that wasn't in rehearsal, right? And then they don't get up. They walk away, oh, they, they don't have no faith. You get what I'm saying? Okay, but they weren't in rehearsal. They don't know what to do. And if you weren't in rehearsal, don't go along with them to help them. Don't get up and fall down and start frothing at the mouth. Right? You don't help that. Look, if you're not feeling healed, you're not healed. You would feel it. Right? Okay, who knows what the Lord may do in the next two, three, four days. Perhaps he doesn't want a sensation every time you lay hands. Because it might go to your head that's already full of you. Right? Here's more. Right now, we're full of ourselves. We don't need more. I made her float through the assembly. You, you, look, if we were doing that, we'd go crazy. I'm being honest with you. This is a different day. Okay? And I'm going to explain that. I'm not saying that laying hands doesn't work. I'm not saying that we can't perform miracles. What I'm saying is as the time increased, medical technology and other technologies have all come to fruition, so to speak. They're, they're escalated. They're exponentially greater than what they were then, right? And so what we have is an opportunity to lay hands and pray, and if God decides to do something, we can credit him. If he decides to take the person away, we credit and glorify him anyway, right? Right? We don't go with this. What they're trying to do is, is slide in this rule, that if it doesn't work, you're doing something wrong, they're wrong, everything's wrong, right? We belong to God. So he told us to lay hands, lay hands, right? Bless the Lord. So <clears throat> why is it necessary for everybody to, look, I'll make you, look, Jesus waited until Lazarus died before he went, right? To purposely show who God is, okay? Not to show who David is. Right, right, you get it? Okay, so I'll be there next week, and then I've got CBS and NBC flying over there before I get there so that it'll be a big, a big show, right? There's no purpose in me having this big show Jesus had. He's trying to tell the world he's God incarnate. I'm David's servant. That almost rhymes, Okay? It's not. Think about it. I'm a servant of Christ. What was needed then may not be so much needed now, right? Okay, so if it was absolutely miraculous events that needed to take place for the sick, then why did Paul tell Timothy, drink wine for your infirmities? You get it? Why didn't he just say, rise up and your stomach's healed? 
All right? So it's not, it's not necessary to have a big show and a big production. Even then, this same Paul, it's funny, this same Paul that, that said this about, he gave a prescription to the guy. I believe his stomach started feeling better. It's in the Bible, okay? He gave this guy a prescription, drink a little wine. Don't prescribe a little wine to yourself tonight to prevent any stomach aches. This is not what it is trying to say here, okay? Oh, well, if he drank a little, if I drink a lot, I'll never have aches. That's not what's going on, okay? So, all right. So, but the, what's the point? What is the point? There was no real reason. Look, the same guy says in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 5, 17, he says, Paul says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So, look, I should pray for Dorothy. She's sick. I heard about her. Lord, what should I do? Get everybody together and get the news over there, right? And go over there and see about Dorothy. And then the news will see what you can do, and then the whole world will flock to you. The whole world is to be redirected to Jesus, right? I can pray for Dorothy, and when we see Dorothy, we can lay hands on her. And if the Lord gives us a prescription, drink a little wine, I, yeah, I, drink a little wine, whatever the case may be, we're hearing from God in her behalf. It is hot in here, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. They get us when pastor's not here. Yeah, they, <laughs> boy, anyway, <laughs> so look, so, uh, okay, so, um, <clears throat> Perhaps we should pray and ask God if a demonstration of his miraculous power is even necessary for an episode or what he would suggest we do, right? A small dose of wine as a solution for an apostle's ailment certainly doesn't promote a big production. So Paul is not always looking for a big scene, okay? It's not about that, right? But if the need be and it draws a crowd, right, but I'm not out being selfish about me. I can't wait till they see me float down into the crowd, right? So it's, it's like, look, that takes me from where to where. It takes me from more ego to more ego, more narcissism to more narcissism. We're supposed to become humble. Humility is a virtue of God, right? This is what we want. We want humility. We talked about it on um, the Bible study um, Thursday. Fra Francis Frangipane said that when Satan sees humility standing in the place of where David used to stand, he flees because there's Christ. Christ is humility. He's humble, right? So Satan runs from that. He can't stand it. But if he sees me standing in my own strength, he's not backing down, right? Humility is a virtue. Bless the Lord, that comes from God. Okay, so um, <clears throat> by praying to God, we will know the will of the Father, he will, or, you know, not necessarily make us part the Red Sea, but he can give us a boat to get on the other side. Some things were necessary for some periods of time. We have boats now. We can get on the other side, right? He's going to demonstrate his miraculous powers in other ways come revelation, when things start to unfold, even more than they're unfolding now, right? Okay, so Christ doesn't know the people that operate in his name without his approval, even if the work appears to be God-honoring. 
No, Christ does know the people that work in his name. He knows. Okay, the thing about a doctor is you won't hear him at most secular doctors. They're not going to jump up and down and say, oh, praise the Lord. You, you know, I say, Dan, look, she's doing, she should have been gone. Praise the Lord. That you, you don't hear this from doctors. They're not attributing God for their success, right? Um, they will pride themselves in their ability, their medicine, and, you know, whatever else. But I'll tell you this. If some Christians were in there praying, for Anne, whatever the situation may be, and she pulls out of what the doctors thought for sure would be her end that she would succumb to, that doctor now has something to ponder. Okay? Okay, is there really, is there really some truth in this? Right? And we didn't go in there and she didn't float up. You know, it, none of that happened. But God is still able to prove himself and prove a peculiar people to the world which we are. They're in here still in this day praying. Don't they know uh, Black Lives Matter? You know, don't they know this the Great Reset? You know, don't, don't they know that we're way beyond that and science is our God? You get it? It's, it's like, but no, we're in here still praying. They must be old. No, there's some young ones praying. He'd be in there praying. You know the Hawkins kids would be in there praying. All right, something's wrong with them. They're in a cult. No, you're in a cult. <laughs> There's a big cult out there of people that are being misled. We're children of God. We're the people of God. This is what we do. Look, the prophets would go and address the king that could cut their head off. We've got it easy. We can go lay hands and pray on people all together. It's not likely that they're going to come cut all our heads off together. Right? Not now. Not just yet. But who knows what's coming down the pipe? Um, so I'm not going to be uh, too much longer because folks are fainting and rolling their eyes at me and stuff. No, they, oh, they are. I'm not going to name no names, but they rolling. They're eye rollers. And so <laughs> yeah, let, let, yeah, let, let me finish this. Shoot. So um, it is hot. Um, and so uh, and I wore the mock turtleneck. So, um, so let's see. Okay. <clears throat> um, you might have been impressed by the statement, and you should have been, that Jesus said, greater works than these will they do. Right? So you might think, well, then if he's raising the dead, we should be raising 10 people at a time. Right? We're supposed to do greater work even than he did. Right? And so I looked up that, um, that passage in a word study, and this is what I found, so I'm going to read it. The word works in the Greek most literally means actions or deeds, okay? Um, just as in English, exactly what works are in mind is determined by context. Jesus' lists of proofs for his critics referred to works in the sense of divine miracles. His instruction to do good in the name of God implied everyday behaviors as did his criticism of religious hypocrites. In the last few days, and I'm sorry, the last few verses, Jesus seems to have meant both in his explanation for why the disciples ought to embrace the truth that he is God. So in other words, full biblical context in this matter is very important. When attempting to interpret the verses, okay, some of Jesus' works 
were displays of unspeakable power. We know that. Who can do the stuff that he's doing? Such as resurrecting the dead, right? All right. Other miracles demonstrated his sovereignty over nature, like calming the water, right? And then, you know, and peace be still and, and all of that, right? And then um, matter was under his control and the body, what he could do with his own body and make you able to do with yours, walk on water, all right? So Jesus, those are miracles he's able to prove. And then after he, if you consider his miracles and he's saying greater works than these will you do, you'd expect to be able to do some of that and even greater. Am I right? Right, right. So, all right. So um, the idea that anyone could do greater works than Jesus also helps explain the context. So think about it. Anyone can do greater work than Jesus? All right, is that really what he's saying? Doesn't seem like it does. I mean, how can you do or be or anything greater than Jesus? So that should raise a red flag right there. Let me study this and see what the heck's going on here, right? Um, scripture not only associates Jesus with miracles in the Gospels, it credits him with creation itself. We can't create, right? We take what's created and manipulate it, but we can't create, right? These kids are speaking manifestation and stuff like that. They can't speak that. They're just talking. They don't know they're being deceived, okay? So, um, uh, help me here get back to where I was. Where was I? The idea that one could go greater than Jesus. Okay, so um, terms of power. It's logically impossible to suggest anyone could do something beyond what Jesus accomplished. The meaning, therefore, ought to be taking, taken in another way. The area where Christians can exceed what Jesus did is not quality, but quantity. That making sense? Think about it. Okay, we have digital everything. Look, it started with infrared, and now we're, what, what do they call it? Um, telecast all over the world. If you, if Keith went to tell Tyretha something in the Old Testament, he'd have to go over to her house through a dusty road and tell her what he had to say or send the scribe. That might take two weeks because he got other places to go, right? Okay, but today he can send out an email blast to a thousand people. Greater works in quantity, not quality. Is that making sense? Okay, so this is what the Lord is trying to tell us. Greater work. Get out there and quadruple what we couldn't do during this time. Not that he couldn't do it, but the time they were living in required. Look, he could still supernaturally transport you from one place to the next, right? But this is what he wants us to do. Use what we have during the time we're alive, what he's given us. Use it to the fullest to get what I've given you done to do. Okay? And if you're really skillful on text messaging, send out a text blast. You got a bullhorn, you go out there and yell in the neighborhood. Right? How many people can hear you on a bullhorn versus just your little voice by yourself? Quantity, not quality. Bless the Lord. Bless God. So let me get down here. You guys remember some of the episodes of some of your favorite preachers? 
I don't want to name names because he doesn't, but, you know, I'll tell you about them, not just preachers. I'm really almost done. I really am. So, um, and I'm happy, you guys, one hour of sleep, one, if you call that, you know, so believe me, that's why I'm clowning so much because I get silly when, when I'm, when I'm tired. So, uh, but I hope, I'm hoping that um, I'm making the point. Bless the Lord. Okay. So then, um, uh, here we go. Uh, why am I saying this down here in 21? Uh, do not entertain an accusation against elders. This is Paul again. I'm sorry. Um, um, First Corinthians. I didn't put it down here. I think it's 16 or something like that. Um, sorry. Um, look it up, you guys. Okay. So do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Um, verse 20 says, but those elders who are sinning, you are to reprove before everyone so that the others may take warning. 21 says, I charge you in the sight of God in Christ Jesus and the elect angels to keep these instructions without partiality and do nothing out of favoritism. So think about it. Uh, somebody looked that up for me. Did, did, what was it? Okay, anyway, so um, here we have our president. Remember President Clinton and that Oval Office stuff and, you know, President Trump and, 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 and all. Look, whenever the presidents get in trouble, you see a group of ministers walking with them all of a sudden. You, you know, they come to the aid, you know, all these evangelists from wherever, you know, they all surrounded them. And then us Christians are like, oh, see, he's. See, he's fixing to accept the Lord. This is, you know, we, we can, you know. Or, or finally, this situation has given him access to the things of God or whatever it is that we want to believe because we should hope all things. Love hopes all things. So we should hope in that regard, right? But um, if there's no repentance, ain't nothing going on in there but cover me. You can pray for me. You know, lift me up. You know, make me uh, favorable in the sight of the people. Saul wanted this. Saul was so busy um, doing his own thing while he was king. God had anointed him king. You guys remember the story? Samuel was done with him because God said, I chose someone else better than him. Saul begged Samuel, at least just um, do this uh, sacrifice with me in front of the people, even knowing that he was disapproved of. But he wanted the favor of the people, right? So what we're not supposed to do is want the favor of the people above anything. Right? You get it? So it's like, look, you have an opportunity to turn to God, but what you want to do is show yourself approved to the, what the Bible belt, right? Okay, so we've done everything else. You've seen me with my lawyers. You've seen me with my family. My wife still loves me. She walks by me and cries with me or whatever. Now see me with the pastors and the preachers and stuff. It's all a big show. There's no repentance there, right? It should be that after he's met with these pastors, he's out there crying, I have sinned, okay, or something to that nature, right? But no, it's cover my sin. You cover my sin, not God. Cover my sin and then make me whole in the eyes of the people. Okay, this is not what we, we don't want to credit him. We don't want to get, look, our mission is not to get in there and sit under them and, and, and play like they're changed now, that they're sorrowful 
you know, and that you do it too, so let it slide or whatever. Look, to whom much is given, much is required. You're the president. Do you know that that's going to trickle down into the nation, your sin? Because it, it makes it easier for the people of the nation to do the things you're doing because you're the head of the nation. Right? It's a big order. Am I making sense? Okay, so it's a big order. So what we don't want to do, we don't want to, I think, what's the name? The one, Bishop Eddie Long, had all that accusation against him, and he was talking, you know, firing back. But then he's on the verge of being busted and everything, and a bunch of evangelicals, I saw it on, t on YouTube, put him in a king chair, and then lifted up the king chair and walked him around, you know. Just walked him around like a king. He had a robe on and everything. I mean, you might think, well, this is, that's lunacy. But this is where sin goes, straight to lunacy. It just gets crazier and crazier. You'd be surprised what you might see, right? So that's not the cure for him, and it's not the cure for the people associated with him. It's not the cure for the nation. We turn our hearts to God and let him lead us and appoint us and sit us at a place at his table. This is what we're doing. We're looking for seating at the table of God, right? Okay, and if we look, if we're looking for the head of the table, then we're the lowest servant on the planet. Really, get down in the trenches. You can wash your dress tomorrow. Right? Get down in there. Do what you have to do. Pray to God. Ask the Lord, what do I have to do? Please tell me, I really don't know what my call is. Get three people and pray together. People that pray to the Lord. I mean, serious people that confess and pray to the Lord so that you guys can be hobnobbing at the table. The table's real. This place, look, Jesus said that I'm going to make the, uh, prepare the finest meats and the, and the, or the best meats and the finest wines. That's not allegory. We will eat again. We were created to eat in the first place and we'll eat again. And this time, if we're having the finest meat, you won't have to kill an animal to eat it. Bless the Lord, there'll be no more death. No more death and dying. And so, uh, I think I'm busy, have been all over the place. Uh -huh.